Hey podcast, welcome to episode 85 of the Yours Truly podcast. My name is Claire. If you do not know that already, I am the non-diet registered dietitian behind the scenes here at the Yours Truly podcast and at Yours Truly Nutrition. We like to keep all of our names the same here to keep it easy for you to find me. So I'm really happy that you are joining me for episode 85 on yet another week of quarantine, laying low, sheltering in place, whatever you are doing right now. But I want to take a moment here at the beginning of our episode to say that I am thinking of you, that I hope you are taking some time to care for yourself, to use this time to practice food neutrality, to support yourself and your family and your community in any ways that you can in this time that is still very uncertain and a little bit weird and very new, I think, for a lot of us. I know, speaking for myself, I have never lived through a global pandemic before, so I might not be the only one feeling like this is kind of uncharted territory. So again, I hope you are finding ways to to take care of yourself, take care of others, and to really use this time to do the best you can with what you have. I don't know about you, but sometimes on the little Instagram like stay at home story. I don't know if that will still be a feature that is out at the time this episode releases, but it came out earlier this week and I've been loving watching what everyone is doing while staying at home trying to hashtag flatten the curve and I have also run across a fair amount of um, people posting their exact workouts and exactly what they're eating and you know I'm always a person who says live your truth and if that's what those people enjoy and want to share throughout this time that is totally okay but no if you are running across those messages and you are finding the at-home workouts and the you know COVID-19 meal plans or anything like that to be triggering or not helpful to you at this time please know that you have full permission to unfollow mute those messages and really audit what is coming in on on your social media channels now. So again, you are controlling the controllables and you are keeping your environment as informative and as uplifting as possible for your needs and wherever you are today. So I'm going to hop off my COVID-19 soapbox because maybe you're coming to this podcast to take a pause maybe from all of that talk. If you are, I am here for it because today we are doing a Q&A episode. So before I get to answering the questions, I posted a question box on my Instagram story a couple of days ago, actually two question boxes. So I'm taking some of what I felt might be the the questions that resonate with the largest number of people. I'm going to answer those all here in a moment. But before we get to that, I'm out of breath here talking. I don't know why sometimes, but talking solo on podcasts by myself, it kind of feels like I'm running a marathon. Maybe I need to speak more slowly and take deeper breaths. 
You'd think I'd learn that almost two years into podcasting, but hey, we're still learning here at the Yours Truly Podcast. But you know what we have to do if you have been coming back to this podcast week after week. You know that we always kick things off by starting a feature here from our Yours Truly Goal Slaying Facebook community. So the post that I would love to feature from our free private community today actually comes from one of my one-on-one -on -one clients and she writes, I just got off of my call with Claire and I'm feeling motivated to meet my next goal. My initial goal was to pack a lunch each night before school and since working from home, I've stopped preparing lunch the night before. Claire and I decided to make a change and still prepare a little something the night before to allow myself to feel prepared and at peace during my lunch break. And then she asks, does anybody have suggestions for a fun lunch? Thanks for reading. So I want to say a big thank you and a shout out to this goal slayer. I know she also listens to the podcast, so you know who you are. But I'm hoping if you are finding yourself listener in the same boat of this client, maybe you had a routine, a pattern that you followed throughout your quote unquote normal life, and you're feeling that you're having to shift that around a little bit and be flexible. I hope you are finding ways to bring a new sense of normalcy and preparedness, whatever that might mean for you, into your relationship with food in this time. So you're still doing what you can to feel at ease and at peace during your meal experiences. And for this client, she decided that, hey, having something kind of prepared to make her lunch break easier when she is working from home is what she needed to do. So we talked about some strategies in doing that. So one more thing that I want to say here about our Yours Truly Goal Slayer group is A, it is of course free and open for you to join. So if you have been listening to the podcast week after week and you're still not there, what a better time to join than when virtual communities are really coming in handy for learning, for social interaction, for support. So please come and join us. And now if you need another reason to get excited about joining, we are also running a stress less challenge. Hashtag, hashtag stress less. That's kind of hard to say. If you try to say it too quickly, too quickly, like I just did, I got my tongue all twisted now. But what this is, is a month long challenge in our Facebook community where members are sharing a little bit about how they manage and cope with these stressful times. So we have been sharing ideas, activities, mindset shifts, anything that we have been finding helpful to kind of deal and cope with the times at hand. So if you want to join us for support, if you want to join in on this challenge, yes, Yes, we are making it even extra fun by saying winner is getting an Amazon gift card and a yours Chuli t-shirt. So again, if you want the support of the community, if you want to share how you are managing your stress during this time, there are a couple of ways that you can come and join us. 
The first way is by finding me on Instagram at Claire Tuning and following the application link in my bio for the Facebook community. And the second way is if you type in the search bar on Facebook, yours truly goal slayers, it should come up. Please hit request to join and then look out for a message from me where I will include the link to the application. So again, please come and join us. We would love to have you hanging out. I am going live in there every day for the foreseeable future or until we are allowed to leave our houses again and have our social lives. So I'm really trying to ramp this community up so that we can have a place of togetherness and connection when many of us might be feeling kind of alone in these times. So come and hang out. It won't disappoint, I promise. So without further ado, I want to get to these questions here today and I'm challenging myself to answer them in a concise and a clear way. I know sometimes when I am alone here on the podcast, it's kind of easy to go into rant mode, especially on some of these questions that I feel very passionate about. So I'm going to try my best to offer clear answers, clear takeaways for the individuals who asked these questions, as well as for anyone else who might find benefit in hearing my answers to them. But a standard little disclaimer here, before we dive into Q&A, that my answers to these questions are not, they are not, not a substitute for individual health advice, but they're rather for educational purposes here on the podcast. So please contact your physician, your dietitian, your support team, your recovery team, whatever that might look like for you. If you have questions about your personal health and nutrition, Again, my answers from this moment forward are really for educational purposes only. So with that disclaimer out of the way, the first question that I got, we'll start on a lighthearted note and then we will kind of transition from there. But I love this question and to be honest, this question also lives on the application to come and join the Facebook community. So if you're considering joining, you will get your chance to answer this question question as well, but someone asked me, what is your favorite J for PB and J? And I have to say, without a doubt, raspberry is my favorite. I love raspberry flavored things, especially the, is it jam or jelly that has the seeds in it still? I feel like I should know that being a self-proclaimed peanut butter and jelly enthusiast, but I don't know <laughs> what the difference is, but I love anything raspberry flavored that still has the seeds for a little bit of crunch. And anyone who knows me knows that I am a crunchy peanut butter gal through and through. So I'm all about the PB&Js that are berry crunchy. How about that? <laughs> Double pun there. Did you catch that? Are you laughing? I hope so. So I'm not sitting here laughing at myself. By the way, I'm sitting on the floor of my bedroom right now. 
I don't know why, but the floor has really been calling to me recently for a workspace. I haven't been at my desk in like days. I've been sitting on the floor. So that is a, an extra fun fact that you get about Claire. So the second question or one of the questions that I received is how do I deal with eating disorder or disordered eating thoughts during the quarantine since EDs thrive in isolation? So this is a really, really important question, and this is not the only question that I have received along these lines. So the first thing that I want to say is stay in contact with your support system, with your treatment team, with your family, your dietitian, anyone who is kind of in your corner there for encouragement and support. This is a time where it's really easy to kind of turn inward and bottle things up and not reach out for help. But as this person so very correctly stated in their question, eating disorder thoughts, disordered eating thoughts, a lot of types of thoughts that can be not so helpful to our health really thrive in isolation or in keeping things bottled up. So even though your tendency might be to kind of shut down and cut people out of your life right now, I really encourage you to reach out for help reach out for support, keep in contact with your team, and look for virtual communities as well that might be helpful in providing some additional support in this time. Now, coming back to the Facebook community that I run, please come check us out and join us. Again, this community is not a substitute for having your own personal and individualized support, but it is a really nice uh, icing on the cake, if that's even a reference that I can use. It's a really great place to have in addition, especially in a time like this where many of us might be feeling like our social lives have kind of been stripped away from us. So the next thing that I will say in addition to reaching out for help, not keeping things in, is to remind yourself that your body is on your team. It has been, it always will be, your body is your partner in crime for life. So really just remind yourself as much as you can throughout the day, whether this comes in sticky notes that you post all over your house, maybe you set alarm reminders on your phone, but really provide these reminders to yourself that your body, your teammate, needs regular fuel and energy to help you make it through this time. I know your schedule and life might look quite different right now, but that does not negate the fact that our bodies still need energy and enough of it to make it through our day-to-day -day life. And two, when we are over hungry and under fueled, that can add to our levels of anxiety or uneasiness throughout the day. It makes it more difficult to think clearly. So really one of the best things that you can do for yourself throughout this time in addition to washing your hands and staying home is offering your body, your teammate, your friend the fuel that it needs to keep you going and to keep you healthy. So I hope that answers your question, dear friend who asked that. And again, any more questions on that, please feel free to reach out to me personally or of course join us on Facebook. 
Okay, on to question two here, which is actually a question that I received a few iterations of. So I'm going to do my best to combine them all as simply as I can into one question here. But these individuals write, is there a way to plan meals ahead of time and eat intuitively and in all caps there. So can the idea of some planning and some intuitive eating coexist and hold the same space? So my quick and dirty answer to this question is absolutely these two can coexist because honestly this is real life, right? I know it would be nice if we lived in a perfect world where the moment we got hungry, the moment we had a craving, we could snap our fingers and poof, right in front of us would appear exactly what we are wanting in the quantity that we need. Wouldn't that be nice? And I guess... I guess you could argue that technically in some cases you can do that in a world where Uber Eats and Postmates and all of these delivery services exist, but I think it is also fair to say that it might not be real life to be using those services on an everyday, multiple times a day basis. So I really see loose meal planning or preparing ahead in a very loose sense of the term is definitely in alignment with intuitive eating. And it's actually something that can make intuitive eating come to life and reduce some stress and some anxiety around meals. Now what I mean by loose meal planning is by no means the strict type of meal prepping that we see being pushed by some coaches and some dietitians and the meal plan gurus out there where you're making the exact foods and pre-portioning and weighing and labeling them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in the fridge. Now if that is your truth, is that If that is what you do and what you love and you feel that that is satisfying and does not come at the expense of your relationship with food, then by all means, go for it. That is perfectly fine. I never mean to shame anyone's way of eating, but I'm just trying to make clear that what I mean by a loose and a a fun approach to meal planning is by no means that idea of strict prepping like we see being represented sometimes on social media and in magazines. So what I mean by this idea of meal planning is maybe sitting down at the beginning of a week, however often you do your grocery stopping and ask yourself, you know, what are some staple items that I always want to have on hand that I find satisfying and enjoyable? And maybe starting your list in that way with those staple foods. And then I like to think, well, based on what I have here so far, what might I need to add or bring into this list to help me create some satisfying and nourishing meals that will feel good, taste good, fit with the time constraints of my week. So maybe that looks like 
some frozen veggie options. Maybe you want to get some frozen rolls to give yourself a carbohydrate. Maybe you need to pick up some pasta, rice, a protein of some sort, right? But it's kind of sitting down and asking yourself, what are my staples? And then what might I need to add to round out some meals? So if you're looking for my exact approach on this and a couple of ideas that I have, I go into depth on episode 48 of the podcast here. So if you are intrigued by a more in-depth look approach to this conversation, please check out that episode on grocery shopping. But my general idea here with meal planning is once you have your list, once you go to the store, I know again that might look different here in the context of this COVID-19 time that we are currently living in than it might in normal day-to-day life, but whatever that looks like for you now, you bring those foods home and then something that I personally try to do to again alleviate some stress and anxiety around preparing meals throughout the week is I ask myself, well, what of these foods takes the most time? time to prepare. And when I look at my personal weekly eating, that would be things like pasta, potatoes, rice, maybe meats or fish of any kind, things that take, you know, again, a little bit more time and preparation. So what I try to do then is I ask myself, is there a way that I could maybe batch cook or prepare some of these foods that do take a little bit more time in a plain, rather neutral way so that when the time comes throughout the week, I am a little bit more easily set up to go in the fridge and prepare something or combine some of these foods in a way that feels satisfying to me in that moment in an amount or in a portion that will satisfy my hunger cues in my needs, but it won't take too much time out of my day to prepare. So what this might look like again, if I have already pre-cooked something like rice and I have some frozen steam in a bag of veggies or some sort of protein that I have already cooked up, maybe one day I will make a wrap out of these foods. Maybe the next day I'll make a burrito bowl or something like that or some sort of pasta salad, right? But just really looking for these key staple ingredients, preparing them in a very basic way so that when each day unfolds, you have the freedom and the flexibility to combine these foods then in a way that feels satisfying and good for you there in that moment without having to be so strict or rigid about preparing the exact meal and the exact portion because let's be real I'm recording this on a Thursday. I have no earthly idea how hungry I'm going to be on Monday at 12 p.m., right? I could maybe take a guess, but I won't necessarily know in full detail until I get there. So again, episode 48 if you want more on this question. Now, I got another question that was along the lines of grocery shopping. So this person was asking for grocery essentials for meals that are filling and fun. So I'm including this right after that previous answer because I think it fits very well. And that really depends on your preferences and what you have available and the kind of foods that are available in stores near you. But again, I will refer you to episode 48 as an answer to kind of both of those questions that I just mentioned. 
So next question is, what would be your tip on how to not feel guilty after eating chocolate or candy? And then in a separate question, the same individual said, dot, 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 because I'm not one to just eat a few candies, I'll often stuff my face with them. So a couple of things here that I would encourage this person to kind of ask themselves or get curious about first is in how we approach feelings of guilt around food. Now, first, I want to normalize the experience of feeling guilty after eating. Um, I think this is something that the world we live in, diet culture, whatever you want to call it, has very much normalized and has taught us to feel after doing something like eating, right? We have these labels on food, good food, bad food, clean, dirty, sinful, evil, tempting, right? All of these words that are used to describe food that are very moralizing, right? Those are words that we can use to describe people and maybe truly guilty acts, but when it comes to eating, eating is not a moral issue, food is not a moral issue, so I think it's really important first and foremost to say, hey, it's okay that I'm feeling guilty, right, because I grew up in a world, maybe how your family talked about food was very much rooted in this moralizing ideas, you know, the good food, bad food, And at the same time, we can maybe identify that there is some room for improvement in stepping away from this, which I really think is why this person is asking this question, right? How can I get away from that guilty mentality? So the first question that I would encourage you to ask yourself is why do I feel guilty about this, right? I think oftentimes, and I have learned this from my own relationship with food and from working with clients as well, but when we have been living in a certain way or feeling a certain way around food for a really long time, we kind of don't question why we feel the way that we feel, right? So I find that asking in the face of these moments, okay, I feel guilty, but why? What is there to feel guilty about? What have I actually done wrong, right? Not asking these questions from a place of shaming ourselves, saying I shouldn't feel guilty, why do I feel this way, right? Not asking from that place of shame, but really just coming from that childlike place of, why mom, right? I think anyone who has ever been around a toddler knows that they ask a lot of questions. Why is this that way? Why is it that way? Why is the sky blue? Why do we feel guilty around food? All of these things, I think there is something to very much be learned from just questioning why we feel the way that we do. What is the core belief fueling that guilt? So maybe this individual will find the core belief fueling the guilty feeling around chocolate or candy is, well, I feel like those foods are bad, right? Well, why is that a bad food? Is that belief founded in reality? Is that founded in fear? Who taught me that, right? Just really trying to gain awareness around how we come to believe what we do around food. Because the more awareness we have, the more we can kind of get under those beliefs and show ourselves that there is a gray area, that we don't have to live in the black and white, good food, bad food mentality. The more space we have to grow, 
and distance ourselves from these mentalities. So once you have asked all the questions, but why, how, where, when, who, right? All of those things, you can simply remind yourself that food again is not a moral issue. And in addition to that, start surrounding yourself with messages that are supportive of that truth. If your social media feed is filled with messages around the food police, right? The good food, bad food ideas, the keto warriors, the clean eating, all of these terms used to describe food that are not very helpful, that really contribute to this guilty mentality, then it's going to be really hard to get away from these thoughts and beliefs for good. So I think there's a lot to be said for aligning the journey that you're on and the mindset you're trying to adopt with all of the information that you consume on a daily basis through your media feeds, through the groups that you are in, through the people you surround yourself with, to the extent that you can control right to the podcast you listen to all of the things so audit where your messages are coming from and then the last question that I would encourage this individual to ask themselves is why might there be the urgency or the intensity around these foods? Now, I'll remind you, listener, that this person ended their question with, you know, I'm not typically a person who can just eat a few. I'll typically stuff my face with them. And those are the, the words that this individual used. And oftentimes when I'm hearing someone describe an eating experience that has a lot of urgency or intensity behind it, right? I stuff my face with them. I can't stop. I feel quote unquote out of control. Well, there's something to be learned from those words or from that experience. Oftentimes that can be an indication that maybe those foods are scarce in our lives, maybe we have some restrictive beliefs around those foods. Maybe those are foods that we try to keep out of our line of sight or our houses for whatever reason, you know, those intentions might be okay of I'm trying to, you know, be the healthiest version of me or I'm trying to heal my relationship with food or make choices that make me feel good, right? All of those intentions make sense, but oftentimes what we know about restriction, or I, I won't even say oftentimes, I'll just say what we know as a fact uh, is restriction or keeping certain foods out of our line of sight is only going to make experience with them more intense, more chaotic, and more out of control feeling. So again, this is a process that takes time. This is the principle of intuitive eating that we call making peace with food. I won't go into this very deeply here, but I would just encourage or really ask this individual to get curious if there is that I need to stuff my face mentality around those foods. Is that potentially coming from a restrictive mindset, from maybe not eating enough energy throughout the day, or, you know, whatever might be feeding into this, pun intended, but feeding into this feeling around these foods. So a lot to unpack there, but a really common question that I wanted to be sure that I answered in as much detail as I could with the information that I had there. 
So next question that I received is, is bread and pasta really all that bad? Which is actually a very interesting question because it's not the only question that I received on this topic. I got a lot of questions around, am I allowed to eat bread more than once a day? Or am I allowed to eat things that are white in color? Does everything have to be whole wheat? So I'm going to kind of focus in on this question that I read first of, are bread and pasta really all that bad? And my quick and dirty answer is nope. Because if you refer back to the answer that I just gave on the previous question, right, that word bad in relation to certain foods is a moralizing term, right? No food inherently can be good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, because food on a very biological molecular level is simply a combination of different chemicals, of different nutrients, of fiber, water, carbohydrates proteins, fats, all of these things. So food, again, inherently, it's an inanimate object. It cannot be good or bad, right? Those are things that people can be based on their actions or attitudes there, but food is just food. So we know though why we might believe certain foods to be bad, like bread and pasta, because again, we live in a world that makes a lot of money, let's be real, off of demonizing certain foods or certain categories of foods. Now in the world that we live in, 2020, uh, keto has been a really big trend, right? It's kind of like the revival of Atkins on steroids, right? And we know that keto, I actually have an episode on that. I should have looked up the exact number, but it was with my friend Andres Ayesta. He is um, someone who knows a lot about that and the therapeutic approaches to the ketogenic diet, we know why it was developed from a very clinical perspective, right, to help individuals individuals suffering from seizures, from epilepsy, and we know that in clinical situations, it can be helpful. They're applied for that very therapeutic reason, but when we talk about the population at large, right, using this diet as a fad and a trend to manipulate body size and calling it a lifestyle change and not a diet, this can be really harmful not only to one's physical health, but also to one's mental health, right? Coming back to the question here, when any belief around food really causes us to fear foods or label certain macronutrient categories like carbohydrates here as bad, then there's something to ask some questions about, right? Is it really the the food that is the problem or is it the fear around it that is really the bigger issue here? So again, coming back to this question, again, no food is good or bad. It's normal why we might think this way, but I would encourage this person to remember that bread and pasta or any other carbohydrate-containing food for that matter, that is the body's preferred source of 
quick energy and fuel. So when we look at having enough brain power to make it through the day or fueling for a specific activity or making sure again that our minds have enough energy to function, the brain, my friends, itself requires upwards of 130 grams of carbohydrates daily to function on a very baseline level. Now, I know typically here on the podcast, I stay away from certain grams and numbers, but I use that number as a reference point to say, you know, all of these diets that really preach fear and negativity around carbohydrates or that major macronutrient food group that we need for energy really can let the door hit them on the way out. (laughs) That is how I feel about those trends and those diets because they make us fear these foods and these categories of nutrients that are very life giving. So I hope that answers the question of the individual who asked it. Please allow yourself to have those foods, eat them with other foods, eat them alone, enjoy those foods, whatever that looks like for you. So the final question that I want to answer here on our Q&A episode is what should I do if I constantly crave sweets? So I'm going to take a big breath before I answer this one because there is a lot here and I will try to answer this as concisely as possible, but I will refer you. This question actually inspired me because it is a question that I get a lot, but it inspired me to do a live video in my Facebook community. Many of you know who are there, who are familiar. We have a weekly training series called Two Tip Thursday. And this was actually the tip that I offered this week, all about cravings, why they come up, what to do about them, etc, etc. So I will refer you to the Facebook community for my more in-depth answer. But the first thing that I would consider um, asking this person or telling them to ask themselves is to view cravings as your body trying to tell you something. It's kind of like your body's internal push notification system of, hey human, something's going on. I need your attention. I need something, right? I think oftentimes in the diet culture that we live in, we hear the word craving and we automatically think, oh no, what's wrong with me? How do I push this down? How do I avoid it? How do I throw some kale juice on it, (laughs) right? To put the fire out. I don't know about you, but that gave me a really awesome visual in my mind of like a fire hydrant full of kale juice. I don't know, hopefully you're laughing wherever you're listening to this. But point being, we typically refer to cravings as a really bad and a negative thing. Again, with that moralizing of the food mentality. But what if, now hear me out here just for a moment, what if you tried to approach your cravings with a sense of curiosity? Because the reality of eating is eating does not happen in a vacuum. Every eating experience happens for a reason and is often 
often happening because some sort of need that we have has not been met. Now that need can be a physical need, like maybe I did not eat enough earlier in the day, so later in the day I am going to crave sweets or energy-dense foods, highly palatable foods, because my body knows when I eat those foods, my energy needs are satisfied more quickly right? So again, maybe the the unmet need is physical. So maybe this person can say, well, did I eat enough throughout my day? Or talking about carbohydrates, like we just did a couple of moments ago, am I restricting those? Am I getting enough of that quick energy throughout the day? Because odds are, if you're not, your body is going to come asking for that later in the day because biology always wins. Our bodies are hardwired to survive and you can thank your body for that. Now, another need that potentially this could be coming through or surfacing on is maybe the unmet need is emotional. Maybe it's the need for connection, right? Maybe you're craving something sweet because you need something sweet in your life, right? Maybe you need that support, that togetherness, that feel good feeling that sometimes we get from eating sweets. So I am by no means trying to say here that when you crave a sweet, you have to call a friend or you have to look elsewhere other than food because there's a very fine line between putting off honoring a craving by doing something like distracting yourself, right? But sometimes if you identify, well, what I really need in this moment is connection. Maybe something like chatting with a friend or reaching out to a online community or your coach, maybe that can be helpful or maybe what you really need in that moment the thing that is really going to satisfy that craving is leaning into allowing yourself to eat the food and giving yourself unconditional permission to honor that craving. So all I'm trying to say here, A, approach it with curiosity. B, ask what is my body trying to tell me? What is my unmet need? Do I need to eat more throughout the day? Do I need to make peace with the food that I am craving? Do I need to allow myself to bring that food into my house so that I realize it's not a scarce resource? Again, knowing that process might look different for everyone or maybe is my unmet need that my craving is is surfacing from is that the need for something else in my life, another activity, another type of connection, another behavior. So again, very multifaceted. This is something that I talk with many of my one-on-one clients about in depth. So if this question or any of the other questions that I covered in this Q&A podcast sparks more questions um, lead you down the rabbit hole of saying, but what about this? And what about that? I really hope that you will, A, like I said at the beginning of the episode, reach out to your provider, your coach, your human in your life that is intuitive eating, health at every size aligned, or if you don't have an individual like that in your life and you might like to explore the potential of working together as a team, joining the one 
one-on-one yours truly nutrition coaching community I would love to chat with you about that so as always you can shoot me a message on Instagram about that if you want the direct link to my application for coaching you can visit my Instagram bio or my website www.clairetuning.com slash work with me if you would like to learn more about that opportunity so my friends that is all that I have for you all today. I have to say that this Q&A episode was rather fun. It kind of keeps me on my toes as I was doing my best to answer those questions kind of in real time without too much preparation. I feel like that uh, keeps me sharp and it keeps this fun. So I would love to do another one of these again if you found it helpful. So as always, keep the questions coming my way. And of course, if you are getting any value out of episodes like this or any of the other content that we share on the Yours Truly podcast, know that the best, the best, the best way to help the show is by liking, loving, sharing, leaving a rating and review here on the podcast that will help other individuals to find our show. And of course, if you want to let me in on what you learned today, share that you're listening with other individuals. You can take a screenshot wherever you are listening to the podcast and upload it to your favorite social media story, platform, whatever that might look like. So until next time, my friends, stay safe, wash your hands, stay home, keep eating all the delicious foods, but we will see you back here next week. Yours, Julie, Claire.